Well, good evening to each one of you. Lovely to see you all out this evening. And I do pray that we might have the open ear and the understanding heart to receive his word. We welcome those that are visiting with us and those that have driven the whole way from Wagga. Uh, we welcome you in our Savior's precious name. Let's just find a word of prayer and ask the Lord's blessing upon his word. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, again we give thee thanks for this evening's hour. We thank thee, Father, that we can have fellowship one with the other around the throne of grace and with thee. Would you pray, Lord, that each and every one of us again might have that open ear and understanding heart to receive your word. May we be doers of the word and not hearers only. We ask, Lord, you would lead and guide us in the way that you would have us to go, that we might have that still, small voice to lead us. So, Father, this evening, we do pray that everything else outside of this room might be blocked out. May we listen to your word as it is presented. We do pray you take the speaker hiding behind the cross. Let no man be seen, save Jesus only. And we'll be careful to give thee the praise, the honour and the glory in our Saviour's precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen. Tonight, folks, we're going to look at the Lamb of God. And uh, I have spoken this before. I may have spoken it up in Wagga. I'm not sure. But throughout the scriptures, the Lord is known by many, many names. And if I was to go around each one of you this evening and ask for a name that the Lord Jesus Christ is known by, we would probably get as many answers as there is people here this evening. But just to give you a few names that he's known by, you don't need to write these down or whatever. There's hundreds of them in the scripture. But he's known as the door, the way, the truth, the life, the branch, the morning star, the Messiah, the Son, wonderful, counselor, everlasting father, prince of peace, and many, many other names. But the title we're going to look at this evening is the Lamb, or the Lamb of God. And what a beautiful name. Very fitting for our Saviour. Very appropriate for our study this evening. Uh, to me, it's one of the most beautiful names. Now, we were in a beautiful passage this morning. But to me, this name is one of the most beautiful and descriptive names in all of the Bible. Now, to start this evening, please turn to the Gospel of Luke. This is our bouncing off little passage. The Gospel of Luke 24. And verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Now what is Moses? Beginning at Moses. That's the Pentateuch. That's the first five books in the Bible. We need to remember that. And beginning at Moses and some of the prophets. Does it say that? No, it says, and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The Lord Jesus Christ is in the book. The Lord Jesus Christ is on every page of the book. I was telling Brother Ian and Brother Ross on Wednesday evening, we had our prayer time together, I was saying, look, as a young Christian, some 55 years ago, an old saint gave me some great advice. And tonight I give you the same advice, especially to you young people. Look 
for Christ in all the scriptures. The Lord expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He's in the scriptures. He's in all the scriptures. And folks, he's there in types. He's there in pictures. He's there in shadows. And all you have to do really is look for him. He's in all the scriptures. Now tonight we're going to start our study in the very first book of Moses, which is the book of Genesis. And we will journey through to the last book of the Bible, Revelation. Now that doesn't mean to say we're going to have 66 points. Far from it. We're not going to do that to you tonight. So please turn to Genesis 22. Genesis 22, and we'll read the first eight verses. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I shall tell thee of. So Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac his son and cleared the wood for the burnt offering, rose up, went on to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I will take the lad and go yonder and worship. And come again to you. And Abraham took the wood, the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand on a knife. And they went, both of them, together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. They go down to verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up. For a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now please turn over to verse 19. And Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Folks, here we have in this passage the prophecy, the provision, and the promise of the Lamb of God. Now this evening, as we study on this scripture, I want to point out one word that I mentioned earlier. It's in verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt, tempt Abraham. Folks, this word, tempt, would be better understood as test. You see, 
Satan tempts us to bring out the worst in us. But God tests us to bring out the best. And Abraham was being tested. He was being tried. And we'll look at that in just a moment. When Satan tempts us, it's on to sin. But when God tests us, it's on to righteousness. There is a big difference. Abraham was being tested and tried so that he might prove his love and his obedience for his God. This testing involved the greatest gift that was given to him. His son, Isaac. Folks, have you ever been tested? Now, God does not test us in the same way. Not today. None of us has been requested to take our sons or whatever and offer them as burnt sacrifices. That's not the way that God works today. But he tested Abraham. He was asked of God to sacrifice his son. I'm sure you're glad that that's not the way that God tests today. But testings can come in many different ways. Many different ways. I wonder, uh, is God's testing you maybe to give up some of the company you keep? That would be a real test. Uh, does God want you to be more faithful in your, your giving and your living and uh, just your deportment and your conversation, your manner of living? That would be a real test. Does God want you to give up whatever you are putting before him? That would be a real test. God will test us today in many, many different ways. And just as our faces differ, so do the tests come. And we're tested in different ways. And I can mention different brothers in the church, sisters in the church, and say, well, this sister will be tested different from that sister. And brother from brother. Testing comes in many different ways. But Abraham passed the test with flying colors, we would say today. Genesis 22 and verse 12 says this. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thy anything unto him. For now I know that thy fears God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Abraham was about to put the knife into Isaac on the altar of sacrifice, and God knew that he was about to do it. He said, listen, I see your faithfulness. You do not have to do it. I've got a substitute. You don't have to pay that price. I know that thy fierce God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Now, I pray that we are not withholding from God what he requires. You know, we're living in a day when uh, there is a lot of selfishness. I'm not saying here, I'm not saying you, but there is a lot of selfishness about. And sometimes we just do not want to give to God what he requires. The next thing I want to point out is just some similarities between Isaac and our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Isaac was the perfect type. He pictures the Lord Jesus Christ. They were both promised sons. They were both born miraculously. They were both loved by their father and brought joy to both of them. Both were obedient unto death. 
Both carried the wood for their sacrifice. The fathers did not withhold them. And it could go on and on. There's many similarities between them. Now in Genesis 22 and verse 7, Isaac asks a great question. Where is the lamb? I suppose if we're marching up that mountain, and he says, look, Behold the fire. I understand we need fire to light the wood. And we've got the wood. But but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? You know, Abraham was getting old. (laughs) Maybe Isaac just wanted to remind him. Uh, Maybe Isaac thought, well, maybe he is getting a little bit old. We've got the wood. We've got the the knife. We've got the fire. But where's the offering? But Abraham in verse 8 makes a remarkable statement and he answers this very important question. He says, my son, God will provide himself. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Folks, this is a great prophecy because 1,870 years later our Lord Jesus Christ who is God literally provided himself as the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. A prophecy relating to the provision of the Lamb. Abraham proved his love by giving his best. I wonder how we prove our love to our Saviour who has given his best for us. Now in Genesis 22 and verse 2 we read of the first mention of love in the Bible. Genesis 22 and verse 2 says and he said take now thy son thine only son Isaac whom thy lovest. I love to go back to first mention when I'm studying the word of God. Whom thy, this is the first time love is mentioned in the Bible. It's the love of the father for the son. The second mention of love in our Bible is found in Genesis 24 and verse 67. Genesis 24 and verse 67. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. This is the second mention of love. The love of the son for the bride. Do you see the connection? The love of the father for the son, the love of the son for the bride, types of our Lord Jesus Christ, types of the church, and so on. It's a beautiful picture of Christ. Then in verse 13, we haven't got time to get into all those details. But in verse 13, we see the ram. The ram. Genesis 22. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and behold, and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by the horns. So we're looking at types in the scripture. Abraham is the father. He's a type of God. Isaac is the son. He's a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. The substitute, the ram caught in a thicket is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ wearing the crown of thorns just before his sacrifice on Calvary. It's a picture of Christ wearing that crown of thorns just before his crucifixion. In verse 19, look at this folks. 
In verse 19, you, you really need to put it all together. In verse 19 it says, So Abraham returned. It doesn't say, So Abraham and Isaac returned. So Abraham returned on his young men, and they rose up and went together to Beersheba. You see, Abraham returned to his young men. No mention of Isaac. You see, in type, Isaac died up the mountain. And the next time we see Isaac is in chapter 24 when he goes out to meet the bride. It's a type of the rapture. And that's the next time we'll see the Lord Jesus Christ, as it were. The bride was on the way to meet him. And who was coming with the bride? The trusted servant. The trusted servant is a type of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as it were, was sent out. The trusted servant of the Father was sent out to procure a bride for the Son. And the trusted servant found Rebekah. I give unto her all these gifts, and there's a lot of meaning in the gifts. But I give unto her all these gifts, and then eventually they started the homeward journey. And the sun goes out to meet them, and they meet. And the bride was on her way. Verse 65 This morning. The keepers of the walls took away the veil from off the bride. Tonight we see that she puts her veil back on again. In chapter 24 and verse 65 it says this. For she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, it is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. She wanted to present herself as a chaste virgin. That's what the church will be when the church is presented unto Christ. When the Holy Spirit takes the church out of this world at the rapture. All this, folks, is a wonderful picture. The trusted servant coming home with the bride meets the bridegroom, and the servant is the type of the Holy Spirit. And Isaac brought her into her mother's sir's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her, speaking of the marriage supper, as it were, in heaven. The provision of the Lamb. Now please turn to Exodus chapter 12. Oh, I wish we could stay here at midnight. We could go on about that chapter. It's a wonderful chapter. Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 to 5. We've looked at the provision of the Lamb. Here is the personality of the Lamb. The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron and the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take of them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. So here we see the personality of the lamb. Or, if you like, the qualities or qualifications 
of the Lamb. So what was so particular about this Lamb? It was chosen. It was chosen for death. It was without blemish. It was a male tested and tried. Folks, this lamb had to meet the very strict qualities and qualifications because it pictures our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful type of Christ. 1 Peter 1, 18-19 says, For as much as ye know that ye are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Folks, our Lord Jesus Christ was chosen. In him was no sin. In him is no sin. It was not possible for him to sin. Some people today are putting out some rubbish thoughts and theological discussions about the possibility of Christ sinning. It was impossible for Christ to sin. He was pure. He was undefiled. He was above contamination. Amen. He was tested, he was tried, they watched him, they gazed upon him, they passed, and folks, he passed every test. He passed every trial that man and Satan threw at him. And he gave his life to redeem us back to himself. He was pure, he was precious, he was undefined. They even said of him in relation to his speech, I'll say this this morning, never man spake like this man, never man. Another thing I'd like you to point out is just a progression, if you like. In verse 3 it says, halfway down it, Every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a household. Then in verse 4 it says, And if the household be too little for the lamb or the lamb, then in verse 5 it says, Your lamb shall be without blemish. There's a progression there. Verse 3, a lamb. Verse 4, the lamb. Verse 5, your lamb. Let me ask you a question this evening. Is Christ just a lamb to you? Something that you've heard of, but really have taken no notice of? Or do you go that little bit further and see him as the lamb? The lamb. To some extent you believe he is the lamb, but you've done nothing about it. Or do you take it that little bit further and say that he is your lamb? Your lamb. Have you gone the whole way this evening? Have you said he's your lamb? Folks, can we, uh, can we make him our lamb this evening? If there's someone here this evening that does not know Jesus Christ as Savior, if you cannot say in your heart that he is your lamb, maybe before you go home this evening, maybe around a cup of tea later, search someone out and they'll be able to point you to Christ. And explain some verses to you. The personality of the lamb, chosen, without blemish, without spot, a male tested and tried. I hope and pray that you can say that he is your lamb. The provision of the lamb in Genesis. The personality of the lamb in Exodus. Please turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53. 
And we just look at one verse here. You know Isaiah fairly well. I'm sure many of you can quote it from start to finish. Isaiah 53 and verse 7 says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He has brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He has brought as a lamb to the slaughter. We're looking at the persecution of the lamb. Folks, in Isaiah 52, you don't need to go back there, but it tells us he was marred more than any man. In Isaiah 52, 14, as many were astonished, old English word for astonished, as many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man. We cannot imagine the beating and the suffering that he went through. Our lovely Savior, when he was crucified, he endured the mocking, he endured the scourging, he endured the whipping, he endured the punching, he endured being spat upon, he endured the beating and thanking crucified on an old rugged cross and yet let me say this very gracefully and yet all this was nothing compared to what the father laid upon him when Jesus suffered the penalty of our sin do you know that no one saw Christ die the blackness was upon the earth blackness no one saw him die no one, no human eye saw him rising from the death, rising from the tomb. He arose and he was alive when they came. Some of those things are for the Lord to know and we may understand at another time. But here was the Lord, the just for the unjust. He was our substitute. He was our sin bearer. Oh, we haven't got time to go through Isaiah 53, but in verse 3, despised and rejected. Verse 4, smitten of God. Verse 5, wounded and bruised. Verse 7, oppressed and afflicted. Verse 10, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. The persecution of the Lamb. And he did it all for you and for me. He suffered on Calvary's tree. Please turn to John chapter 1. Time's rolling on. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 1. Here we see the personification of the Lamb. Personification. Of, that just means the Lamb in person. The person personified. Remember Isaac's question. Chapter 1 and verse 29 of John says this. The next day John saith Jesus coming unto him. And saith, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Isaac's question some 1,870 years earlier. Where is the Lamb? John the Baptist answers and says, Here it is. Behold, gaze upon him. Take notice of him. Pay attention to him. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This is the answer to Isaac's question. Jesus Christ is the Lamb. 
the personification of the Lamb. Paul says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, for ye are old leaven, for even Christ our Passover doesn't say lamb, but even Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed for us. Christ is the fulfillment of the Passover lamb. You know, Old Testament lambs covered sin. Christ takes sin away. Old Testament lambs were for Israel. Christ died for the whole world, folks. Praise God for those who know Jesus Christ this evening. The question is, have you accepted the Lamb of God which took away the sin of the world? Behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's why Jesus Christ went to the cross. The provision of the Lamb. The personality of the Lamb. The persecution of the Lamb. The personification of the Lamb. Next we turn to the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8. And we need to read from verse 26. Philip was doing a great work. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise! Go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Didn't turn around and say, hold on here. <laughs> I'm doing a great work. <laughs> the Lord's using me here. Uh, I'm involved in this. I'm involved in that. What, 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 are you, what are you doing? Now, he arose and he went. Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. And he read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And said unto him, Understandest thou what thou readest? He said, I can I, except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened, not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from him, from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speakest the prophet this? Of himself? Or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him, Jesus. Jesus. The eunuch was reading from what we now understand to be Isaiah 53. He asked this wonderful question, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Folks, what an opening. What an opening for an evangelist. What an opening for Philip. And you know, Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him 
Jesus. Listen, folks, remember, Christ said of himself, he's in all the scriptures. Ah, oh, but Jesus is not in the Old Testament. He was only born in the, in, in the Gospels. Listen, Jesus Christ is in all the scriptures. He is the Son of God in all the scriptures. He opened his mouth and at the same scripture preached unto him, Jesus. Here's the proclamation. Here is the proclaiming, if you like. And Philip proclaims the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God. And folks, when people ask us the question about Christ, or if they're seeking answers from the Bible, as this man was, where do we start? Do we start in the Scriptures? Or do we beat around the proverbial bush for half an hour before we say anything? Are we too shy to mention Christ in these days? Listen, we haven't got much longer. Are we ashamed of our Lord? Whenever they're making decisions in Parliament for same-sex marriage, whenever they're laughing uh, our Lord Jesus Christ uh, to scorn, whenever they're using his name as a swear name, are we ashamed to talk about Christ? Philip, right away, at the same scripture, Isaiah 53 as we know it, preached Jesus unto him. What an opening. It's a great example for us, folks. Great example for us to follow. The proclamation of the Lamb. Now very quickly, 1 Peter chapter 1. We're almost finished. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19. We've already quoted this a couple of times today. Verse 18 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Here is the purity and the preciousness of the lamb. Folks, brethren, loved ones, he ought to be precious to us. Gold and silver are not precious, yet many are chasing the gold and the silver of this world. They corrupt themselves by uh, staying away from the things of God and running after the things of mammon. You know, the Bible says the silver and gold is corrupt. I just read the other day, someone found a coin did anybody else read about it? Someone found a coin in Britain last week. Now, I know there's been hordes, and I know there's been many, many coins found, but just a couple of days ago, someone found a gold coin. It's in pristine condition. It is, you would think it was minted yesterday. It is worth 100,000 pounds for this one coin. Gold. It was minted in the year 257 A.D. And it was pristine. And yet the Word of God says that gold and silver is corrupt. It will vanish away. It will corrupt one day. See, we are not saved by uh, uh, things, corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious 
blood of Christ. That's how much value the Lord puts on the preciousness of the blood that saved us. Can't buy your way to heaven with silver and gold. As of a lamb without spot and without blemish, he ought to be precious to each one of us. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. 1 Peter 2, 7. He's our saviour. He's our mediator. He's our great high priest. He's the coming king of kings and lord of lords. And we could go on. He is more precious than words could explain. This morning I said the song of Solomon at the end of that. Uh, chapter 5 verse 16. Yea, he is altogether lovely. The purity and the preciousness of the Lamb. And lastly, please turn to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. Here we have the permanence or the perpetuity. Perpetuity means continuing on forever. The perpetuity of the Lamb. Praise God that the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world abides forever. You know what else, folks? We'll be with them. We'll be with them right through eternity. We will be there. Look at Revelation chapter 5. I'll read the first six verses and a couple of other verses. And we're coming to a close. Revelation chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and on the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spurs of God sent forth to all the earth. Praise God for the Lamb. Look at verse 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Look at verse 12. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Look at verse 13 and 14. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I say blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Now please turn over to Revelation 22. You see the Lamb is mentioned 28 times in Revelation. 28 times in Revelation. And in Revelation 22 verses 1 to 5 it says this. And he showed me a pure river of water of life 
clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street, and on the other side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. Now listen. And his servants shall serve him. Praise God that we will serve the Lamb of God for eternity. We will reign with him. Verse 5 tells us we'll reign with him. What a joy lies before us. The provision of the Lamb in Genesis. The personality of the Lamb in Exodus. The persecution of the Lamb in Isaiah. The personification of the Lamb in John. The proclamation of the Lamb in Acts. The preciousness of the Lamb in First Peter. The perpetuity of the Lamb in Revelation. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, again we give thee thanks for the opportunity of opening thy word, studying it together, meditating upon it. We pray, Lord, that we may have been uplifted in our most holy faith, that as we leave this place this evening, we might be able to say, it was good for us to be here, for here we met with the Lord and was blessed. So, Father, just bless us as we sing our closing hymn. Bless us as we have the time of fellowship. We're very thankful for those that have supplied for our bodily needs. We do pray, Lord, you bless the food to our bodies and ourselves to thy service in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.